0: The Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Revisionist Booking, heard right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. This week, Michael Berry Sr. and RJ revise and rebook Wrestlemania 14. So sit back, relax, and make sure you join The Revisionist Revolution. gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages welcome to the revisionist booking podcast heard right here on the wrestling perspective network michael barry i know it's the middle of the winter and in sh- well indiana i'm not gonna say chicago i always want to say chicago but anyways how are you doing tonight Well, you know, the golden voice is here. We
0: are officially in a new home, and it is absolutely glorious. But I have to say, I'm here, I'm ready, and as always, you're welcome.
1: And secondly, and more importantly, let the revisionist revolution begin. So... This week we have to give a shout out to Jay-Z Flair, the man, the myth, the legend himself, for suggesting us, you know, revising and rebooking WrestleMania 14 that comes to us on March 29th, 1998. From well I, I, I don't want to say the great city because I'm a Yankee fan. So if I say the great city of Boston, Massachusetts, I'm probably going to spontaneously combust. But it comes to us from Boston, Massachusetts, from whoa, the Fleet whoa, Center.
0: Whoa, 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 Yankee fan. You're a Canadian. I thought you were a Blue Jays fan.
1: Well, I kind of hop the turnstile when it comes to baseball. Um, not so much with football because I'm a Bills fan. But I kind of hop the turnstile and kind of take the uh, subway down to to the Bronx and become a Yankees fan for baseball season, so.
0: All right, we'll circle the wagons, my friend.
1: Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, but. um, So, unfortunately, this pay-per-view comes from us from Boston, unfortunately, but, you know, it is what it is. Being a Yankees fan that I am, I kind of have to kind of – kind of rib them a little bit but uh this pay-per-view was before 19,028 fans at the fleet center uh you know at this time this is right around the wheelhouse where um, i don't know about you but this is kind of that wheelhouse that actually got back into um the wwe the wwf at that time and we saw a lot of difference between uh, where you know where we left off until now, where this is kind of the the wheelhouse of the Attitude Era, where we saw anything goes, and we pretty much saw that at uh, that happened at this uh, first uh, match, where we saw the Battle Royal for the number one contenders for the tag team championships where we saw um let's let's just say a roll tide uh sunny uh come out with lod 2000 uh you know lod 2000 what what can we say about them yeah i I think you know there there had been uh teased friction ahead of this um and going back to your to your earlier point
0: um You know, the tagline for this WrestleMania, which not a lot of people remember, um, I believe was uh, DX rated, you know, kind of playing off X rated. Um, So this was obviously an era where uh, pushing the envelope became, you know, more commonplace. Uh, I know, uh, you know, around this time, NWO was fairly popular uh, and WCW was kind of kicking WWF's behinds in the ratings so this was kind of uh their response and their answer so yes sonny brought out lod 2000 uh you know it, it's lod you just put the 2000 behind them they were close enough to the year 2000 um and kind of a repackaged uh look here a more contemporary look for legion of doom um and sunny of course was yes uh, definitely roll tide
1: you know, and, and I kind of thought that this, you know, for what it was worth, there's only a certain number of teams that we really, you know, could really hang our hat on in this match. Because, you know, you had LOD, you had, you know, the smoking guns, you had, you know, uh, uh, a number of, you had the Midnight Express, for God's sake, the new Midnight Expresses I should say, with James, James E. Cornett. Um and, you know, the tag teams at this time were, uh, for me, uh, uh, they weren't good. For, well, to put it mildly, <laughs> you know?
0: Well, uh, I think, you know, uh, I, I'll have to disagree i think they were so i get what you're saying right because we were used to there being wwf was kind of a staple for the longest time of having some really pretty cool and outstanding tag teams um but then there was a low period but i think that low period was more so a few years ahead of um this pay-per-view and i think you started to see a bounce back here i start with who the Golden Voice feels is the absolute greatest tag team of all time, and you really can't tell me any differently. And no, I'm not talking about LOD 2000 or LOD or the Road Warriors. I'm talking about the New Age Outlaws. And what I mean by that is is the New Age Outlaws, the way they were formulated and put together and how they played off of one another, and and they were really, when you look at them, stark contrasts of each other when you you compare one Billy Gunn to one Road dog, Jesse James. Um, But they made it work. They gelled and it it just... Sometimes you just have it, right? Um, and obviously that's a very arguable point. But, I mean, you look at some of the tag teams that we had here. You had the Los Periquas. Uh, you had, you know, the Nation of Domination at the time. Their tag team was Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown. Then you also had Farouk and Kama Mustafa. Um, so that was obviously more of a stable. Um, but you had the Quebecers. You had, you know, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, the Headbangers, um, who we'd heard uh, a few weeks back on why it ended. Um You know, check them out. But, you know, I I, I think they were great. Too much. So, too much, we, of course, probably know them more so as too cool. Uh, Scotty. Uh, Taylor, which was Scotty Tuhati, and Brian Christopher, rest in peace, Um, you had the Disciples of Apocalypse, Uh, you you know, you had the Godwins, which we all know the Midian story, we won't go into that, Um, you know, and then you had, like, you know, they did have to push the envelope a little bit here, they put Steve Blackman and Flash Funk together, however, um, I dare say they definitely had more to work with, now, was it the greatest time? um would you call it the golden age of tag team wrestling no but i think it was vastly improved from the past couple of years
1: yeah no i definitely agree with your point as far as new age outlaws and the number of teams that we had but you know going you know kind of looking at the tag team roster for that term but looking at it from 1998 and saying going back to the days of the hard foundation and demolition uh, you know those those great tag teams that we had. Um, you know you had as long as you had a solid, I'd say about half a dozen or so tag teams, you were in good shape. And I think at this time, you know, you're stretching to get to half a dozen tag teams. But they made it work, and that's all you can do at this point. You know, um, you know you're competing with the WCW, like you mentioned, and you know this was the you know you know either you throw it against the wall and if it sticks then great if not you move on um,
0: but Come on RJ you, you weren't a mark for the truth commission
1: I honestly I will say I was a mark for the Jekyll or the Jackal not the Jekyll the Jackal the Jackal
0: <laughs> what Mr. Don Callis god bless him he's a part of Impact Wrestling currently you know I
1: I side note You know, I didn't... He's one of the few individuals that I absolutely hated watching him. But now that I'm an adult, I go back and I look at it, and I'm like, I really respect what he did. I really did. Uh, He's one of them. Eric Bischoff is the other one. Uh, And uh, you, you may... You may scold me for this, but my third one is actually James Cornette or James Cornette, excuse me. You know, those three guys you absolutely despise growing up, but when you get older, you realize that you know they're actually great at what they do. <laughs>
0: um, no, absolutely. I mean, he is a heel.
1: Yeah, I know exactly. You got to live up, you got to live up to the heel life, but So, anyways, so this first match that we saw on the card, you know, we saw, like I said, for a better use of terms, it was a cluster in the ring. Uh, We saw LOD 2000 defeat the new Midnight Express, which consisted of, uh, let's see, bodacious Bart and Bombastic Bob. Uh, You try to say that ten times fast, I guarantee you won't be able to, but uh, this match lasted for. For what it was, it was eight minutes and 19 seconds. Yeah. Wow. That's all I have to say for that.
0: Yeah, I think at the beginning of this match, you saw there was a ton of people in the ring. Um, it dissipated fast because you had, you know, of course, once one partner got eliminated, the other partner. I never really dug, even especially this one, the whole dynamic of a tag team battle royal, to be quite honest with you. Um, I just think it's too contrived and what's to stop someone from you know you have two people out there at a time what's to stop them from remaining in the ring and, and forcing you know the other teams out even after they're eliminated i just think it's, it's kind of a stretch here but you know for for what they were trying to, to get done they did although of course we're going to revise and, and we'll revisit this a little bit there
1: exactly 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 um And, you know, I found during this pay-per-view, or excuse me, not this pay-per-view, but this match in general, we saw, we heard a lot of comments about Brian Christopher from Jerry Lawler. I'm like, you know, enough is enough already, man. Nothing against, obviously, rest in peace, Brian Christopher. It's nothing against him personally or Lawler or whatever, but I'm like, you know, later on we saw, oh, he's not your son, you're not your son, you're not your son, but now you're you know, I, I just found it interesting, I guess, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I think,
0: it, it, you know, I, I get what you're saying. It was going back and revisiting that time uh, for WWF. That was one of the central items, and, you know, it was getting Brian Christopher over. Um, unfor- you know, unfortunately, I think he was battling some demons, so I think that's why you kind of that it got stuck in neutral and maybe came across as, well, they keep going to it. I think there was hope there that they could kind of, uh, you know, push him. I mean, you know, going into the next match, they were really trying to get over the uh, light heavyweight championship,
1: yeah.
0: uh, especially considering what was working at the time for uh, good old WCW and their cruiserweight division.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, and I think the next match, like, oh, well, that was a great transition, if uh, I can say so myself, but uh, our You're next welcome. match... Exactly, you know, and that and that's why you're on the show, you know, because you're the golden voice. Uh, so our you're next welcome, ma- pal. <laughs> so our next match was the light heavyweight championship match between Taka Michinoku, Michinuku, whatever, and Aguilar. Michinuku. Yeah, Aguilar. Um, it so tight. But God bless you. Thank you. Um, so this match lasted about five minutes and fi- or five and a half minutes uh for what it was worth i thought this was an excellent match you know this at this time we really didn't see this in the wwf uh you saw it a lot in the wcw with ray Mysterio and eddie guerrero it was what it was it was you know it was a filler that's basically what it was at this time
0: Yes, it was as they call it, the P break match. Um, I'm going to have to gently disagree with you here, um, RJ. I just I think the concept was great and all, but they just didn't have the players, especially considering you really didn't need the tag team of Scotty Tuhati brian christopher they weren't known as that yet um but i think you could have got this match over a little bit more um with having brian christopher in it and matter of fact i think i don't see why the w and i get the whole chase thing and all that but I, I, well really to speak to that i think you would have been better off having brian christopher as your light heavyweight champion and maybe it was the demons he was battling and there were issues there and that's why they didn't put the title on him mm-hmm. but i think having taka chase him would have been made for a better situation um so that being said, I just, I don't really think, I mean, nothing, no knock on the competitors. I definitely myself cannot get in the ring and do what they do, um, you know, to any point, but just from, from an observer perspective, um, no pun intended, um, it wasn't a five star match. Um and typically that's what those type of matches go for right Mm. wasn't a six-star match it wasn't a tokyo dome i could use all the funny puns (laughs) but to try and get that over but at the end of the day i just feel like these two competitors what you know it kind of speaks to what we kind of hear about the product nowadays up there in uh, wwe up in new york in that what invested us into this was Agia was Agia was he a heel? I didn't get that sense during the match. Takamichi Nuku was obviously a face. I don't think the heat was in this match, and that's why I think it was kind of a waste of a spot on the card.
1: Yeah, but you know, and it goes back to the old adage, you know, you can't, you gotta have some sort of filler, you know, for whatever you whatever sure. card we look at, you gotta have some sort of filler. You know, you even look at today. You know, you look you,
0: gotta, at, you gotta have you gotta have time to go relieve yourself. Uh, you exactly.
1: know, when you need to exactly. You know, yeah. and you know with in you know with me being involved with the UPW. Uh, you know, you gotta have UP no UP, matter UP, what UPW UPW. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I I'm running myself ragged, but anyways, but um, you gotta have filler. You know, you try to you try to make the best card as possible, and sometimes you gotta have that. You know, like you said, that break. Break, break point. Um, and unfortunately, that was. I think this one and another one we'll get to eventually is another one uh, that you kind of, you know, let's go get a beer, let's go get uh, some popcorn, go to the bathroom or whatever. But um, I digress. We'll move on to a match that, looking back on it now, uh, you know, I wish we would have seen more of is the European Championship match between your champion, the champion, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, against Owen Hart. Uh, I, we saw Triple H go over on Owen Hart in 11 minutes and 29 seconds. Uh, they did a lot of build up on this match with Owen's ankle slash knee slash leg uh, with the whole lead pipe from China going to his leg, uh, we saw a lot of Triple H, uh, kind of a precursor to the, um, Cerebral Assassin, mind you, uh, that we, we, we saw later on, but this was more of kind of like a precursor to it, um, but... Like I said, you know, he had China there with him, which in her, and at this time was kind of in the infancy of her, you know, trying to get over. Uh, You know, we saw her actually being handcuffed to the one, the only, Sergeant Slaughter, because she was getting involved, quote-unquote, into too many of Triple H's matches. Um, so they actually thought that this was actually going to, you know, hold her back, which obviously, those of you that listen to this show, and that have pre and that have watched WrestleMania 14 know that that's not the case. That actually happened. So. Um,
0: yeah, I th- I think it was. This goes back to where there it was a storytelling moment, um, and just some, some, to me, some genius ideas. Um, and kind of not just doing the old school stuff, and kind of introducing some of the old school stuff in a new way for the new school. Where you had China with the salt and blinding Sergeant Slaughter, and finding a way to get involved in the match, uh, despite being in the situation she was in. So I think it was, I honestly really uh, rather enjoyed uh, the way that that was booked.
1: Yeah, you no, know, exactly. You know, and you can't go wrong. You can absolutely, and I, I'll say this to the, you know, to the day that, to the day that I die, you can never go wrong with an Owen Hart match. You can any match, even the bad ones. You can consider the one that he had at WrestleMania with Skinner. You know, back before he won... before you know years ago, prior to this, and you can't help but how it. Think of how great and how good Owen Hart was during this time and just previous to this time. And unfortunately, you know, pretty much a year to the date, I believe, because this would took place in March, you know, a year later, he wouldn't be with us, unfortunately. Um... Yeah, that was, yeah, obviously that was a rather tragic accident. Um, that actually happened uh, in late May uh, oh, the following okay. year. But,
0: um, and yeah, obviously gone too soon. Um, but not right. I don't, really don't want to get into that subject yeah. too deep. Um, you know, but, but I still contend. I've contended in the past and. You really, I don't think there's any way anybody could really change my mind. And mind you, I, I watched Bret Hart's career, and I understand his career was longer than Owen's. I'm not talking about after Owen passed away. I'm talking about even before. Mm-hmm. Um, I still contend to this day to me that Owen Hart was the superior performer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my perspective. No disrespect to Bret the Hitman Hart. No disrespect to his fans. But I believe Owen was better than Bret Hart when it came to overall not not, not, uh, I want to be tread carefully you know but wrestling performance is one thing and I think there's an argument there that Bret may have been better than Owen but just the total package of Owen Hart I feel like um, better talker Just, just, just in general I feel like Owen Hart was the superior Hart I think he was the best heart brother of them all
1: yeah you know and you know and that and you know an interesting side note you know and and you know kind of a sneak behind the curtain i actually was going to name my son owen before and then i kind of got vetoed by my wife and you know my son's now gavin but interesting side note um anyways um now during this match, I kind of put a note here. Where do you think at this point, you know, China was getting to that point where you know they're trying to get her over. Now, do you think at this time, do you think in uh, China could actually take Sergeant Slaughter?
0: Without a doubt. If you're talking about this present time, Sergeant Slaughter was over the hill. I mean, he was. He was an older gentleman. Yeah, I think she, it showed that. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think at this point in time, China could have took triple H. I think that was kind of the gimmick. Right? Well, maybe not as much now as, as prior, right? But I think there was always that, right? So I would say absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, and I think you know another one that was gone before the she should have gone it was China, but. Um, a, 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 an actual side note is actually a Rochester native. It was a giant Joni Lawer is uh, from Rochester here in New York. So, um, But our next match was a uh, fairly interesting match. We can put it along the same lines as our light heavyweight championship match. It uh, was Mark Merrow and Sable taking on the artist formerly known as Goldust. And Luna Mishon. This match lasted 9 minutes and 11 seconds. Um, All I will say, and... uh, Precursor, I am a big Goldust fan. I was not a big Goldust fan at this time. All I have to say is Goldust and Wolf. I did not get... Especially at this time, I did not get the whole... Artist formerly known as Gold Dust, all that jazz, coming out in you know a different outfit, different gear every different night, you know a red face to a gold face to a blue face to, I just never got it. I really didn't, um, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Um, but on a lighter note, you know I will give Mark Marrow his because I'm pretty sure I'm safe in saying that Mark Merrow carried this match yeah no uh, I, I would
0: tend to agree with you uh, when it came to the artist formerly known as Goldust that's one of the things that I never quite understood why why change him from being Goldust uh, in the first place I think that worked well for, uh, for Dustin Rhodes and um, I think they were just trying out new things, as you like to say, kind of threw things at the wall. Um, You know, Mark Merrow kind of was what he was. This was kind of one of those weird, the way they they had booked this angle where it wasn't necessarily a love square, as it were, or triangle, um, but, you know, kind of one of those situations where it was almost the start of the burial of of one Mark Merrow, who, you know, Sable obviously was a much more... I guess a bigger draw, um, and I say that with all due respect to Mark Merrow but obviously nobody was as popular or got cheered as much as Sable. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I get that, you know, and you know, Mark Merrow like I said, precursor, you know, previously, what I said to him um, about some other uh, uh, other wrestlers too is Mark Merrow is in the same category of guys that I didn't care for growing up and watching this. And you know now I look back at it and I say, you know he's not it, I respect that what he's done he's done whether it be Mark Marrow or Johnny B bad in wCW whatever he was you know i I dig it at this point you know he was the character you know he's living up the gimmick uh and you know unfortunately at this point you know it, I think this was the kind of the the downhill uh of his career after this it was kind of like okay well what else are we going to do with him so uh our next match was the intercontinental championship match with the champion the rock not rocky my idea anymore he's the rock now coming out with basically he was came out with the whole nation we'll call the whole nation we're not going to call him out individually um taking on the world's most dangerous man ken shamrock um obviously this match was what it was uh you know obviously we're going to see a, a few more matches between these two coming up in the near in the near future coming months coming year whatever the case may be uh but we saw the rock going over on ken shamrock via dq in four minutes and 49 seconds uh, we saw Ken Shamrock actually win the championship for about five seconds until he basically snapped. And uh, he's suplexing every referee, every person. He's be- he's uh, beating up the rock to, uh, to the point where he's actually bleeding from the mouth. Uh, you know, and, you know, looking back on it now, I'm like, holy, you know what? It... it Ken Shamrock, they're getting him over. And, you know, and I don't think he got the just do later on that he should have gotten uh, because of this match. Because they got him over pre- pretty good for this match, I think. No, absolutely. I think uh, Ken Shamrock
0: is one of the people that transitioned quite well over from MMA, and uh, I would tend to agree, uh, but, you know, obviously they figured out a way to keep the belt back on Rock, uh, which obviously, you know, created heat for the Rock as well, this was also a time where, you know, you still had the, the Rock part of the nation, and there was kind of that back and forth between he and Farouk, so I think, you know, this, this really played out. As best as it could for both uh, competitors in the match and really continuing their careers, we all know though that it was definitely a contrasting, uh, you know, result. Given look at The Rock today,
1: obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but even as, as, as his rocket began to soar um, in WWE, um, and then of course Ken Shamrock kind of ended up being a dud. Mm-hmm. Now, but with that being said, do you, you know, this has always been a conversation that I've always heard a lot of people say, whether it be, you know, on numerous podcasts or just in general, do you think Ken Shamrock, you know, deserved a heavyweight championship run in general, at least, well, at least one or no? Well, I think
0: that's a complicated question, RJ, because when you think about it, it's not unique to Ken. Shamrock during this time period, where you can say, well, did, did this person deserve a run or did that person? Because keep in mind, you had this was truly the beginning of, of such a great era of individuals uh, that the WWF had and had begun to establish. I think you could definitely make the argument that yes, Ken Shamrock was someone who could have been considered. Um, I think in different a different time period. I think you would have seen Kent Shamrock as a world champion. But to be quite frank, you had Stone Cold, you had The Rock, you had The Undertaker. You even had Mankind, Mick Foley, you had Triple H. I just don't think that
1: Kent Shamrock, Ken Shamrock's star would have been able to shine any brighter than those individuals. No, no I agree 100%. Now, are we, could we actually see him in the Hall of Fame someday, do you think, or no?
0: And this is, again, and I'm not trying to – I'll do respect to Ken Shamrock, and I, I think he had a, a very solid career. But I think it's people like Ken Shamrock that if they were to induct him that kind of give me pause as far as really looking at the WWE Hall of Fame as legit because I don't feel – When you're talking about the Hall of Fame, right, there's a reason why Fred McGriff, you know, I I don't believe he's made it. If he's made it, forgive me. I'm not trying to veer off, you know, subject here. I know we're talking wrestling, but there's a reason why there's that line between really good and Hall of Fame great. And I don't believe that Ken Shamrock would currently cross that line into the Hall of Fame. Mm. And I think you kind of see other people that have been put into the Hall of Fame, and I think it's more political reasons or Vince wants to, you know, go this route. And so from the Golden Voices' perspective, I just think you need to be something special to get into the Hall of Fame, and I don't believe that Ken Shamrock warrants that now. There's always could be that argument, do I feel like it would be a, a, a travesty if he made it? No, but... I think you need to really look at the Hall of Fame and really hold that in a high regard. Yeah,
1: no, I, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Uh, now, we actually saw Farouk actually make an appearance during this match, too. Um, you know, when uh, Shamrock had Rock in the bank lock, and he didn't help him, which I, I, I kind of like looking back on it now, kind of setting up that. You know that wily veteran helping out or not, kind of like sticking it to the younger guy, but setting up that angle later on. Eventually, I, I I liked it overall, but uh, you know, then again, I was a big, uh, big APA fan at the at this time later on too. So uh, we'll leave it at
0: that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it played perfectly into. I don't think the angle even really lasted all that much longer, where we saw you know the struggle between The Rock and Farouk. So I you know I, I think it was it was definitely a well played angle.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, now you know transitioning from the Intercontinental Championship match, we saw the first ever dumpster match for the tag team championships. Uh, we saw Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. A.K.A. Terry Funk, taking on the champions, the tag team champions of the world, the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn, and the one, the only, the Road dog Jesse James. Uh, we saw them actually you know, lose their championships to the uh, Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack in 10 minutes. Uh, you know, it was what it was, my friend, you know, going back on it, you know, you know, I, I enjoyed a photo of what it was, but at the end of the day, you know, this is one of those other matches that, you know, I could have, uh, you know, gone to the concession stands, gone to the lavatory and, you know, kind of, you know, avoided it for the most part because, you know, it didn't do anybody any justice for me anyways.
0: with you there RJ I really would
1: you know and 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 we've said before you know it's nothing against these four guys you know I've never been that big fan of you know this you know the hardcore wrestling you know we're gonna hit each other with chairs or we're gonna hit each other with kendo sticks or whatever you know there's a time and a place for everything like that and I get that and I respect that but you know for Wrestlemania maybe not uh so you know we'll move on from there uh you know we had you know this was a sixth match of an eight card uh eight match card uh the seventh match on the card um you know these next two matches were i pretty much the the way the matches that people paid the money for to be actually watch these matches featured the undertaker taking on his brother kane uh, previously, we saw Kane make his debut at Hell at the uh, Hell in the or the Hell in the Cell that Undertaker had with Shawn Michaels. Um, so they kind of precursor to that with these vignettes that we saw previously. And I don't know about you, Michael, but I thoroughly miss these vignettes that they had before uh, before these matches because they are absolutely phenomenal.
0: No, absolutely. I think that this was you know. This was really a, a creative spark that had come across uh, for the WWF at the time, and I would tend to agree. I do. Yeah, those vignettes are definitely epic.
1: Yeah, and we, I, we saw the Undertaker, you know, con- continue his uh, undefeated streak at WrestleMania, going over his brother Kane in uh, seven minutes and five seconds. Uh, you know, for what it was, we obviously we saw it a couple more times after the fact, but. Uh, you know, it was what it was, my friend. And, uh, you know, we, we move on to our main event of the evening. Featuring Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin, excuse me. Taking on the Heartbreak Kid, Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels, the WWF champion. With the baddest man on the planet, Mike Tyson, as a special enforcer. Uh... You know, for a lot of the build that it was, we could have really, you know, I, I it was what it was, my friend. I, you know, for a 20-minute match, it was pretty pretty good.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. I think there's a couple of things you have to remember going into this, right? I think, you know, you have a situation where Mike Tyson, um, God bless him, and I'm a, I'm a Mike Tyson fan, to be quite honest with you, but Mike Tyson was kind of put out of his element a little bit here, um, this is the most stuff that he kind of had to do uh, with regards to any type of a wrestling match. It was his foreign territory, so kind of getting him involved was, you know, a little bit of a variable. On top of that, you had Shawn Michaels, who you could tell as the match progressed, uh, and I believe it was... Um, I'm trying to remember in particular, there was a spot in the match, I believe it was something coming off the top rope for Shawn Michaels that he kind of came up a little bit lame and and I I think the back kind of really was barking at him Uh, the longer this match went. I mean, think about it, it went 20 minutes. Um, That's fairly significant. I would even say maybe it went, you know... uh, he was going away, so I, I think maybe there, there was an opportunity here to protect him a little bit more. I think this might be part of the reason why Shawn Michaels was a little upset, but um, at the end of the day, uh, Shawn Michaels, we've heard the story of the Undertaker kind of staying in the back and making sure Shawn would do business, but Shawn did do business, so give him credit there. Um, yeah, and I mean, you saw this was, you know, this kind of ushered in the new era, and to me, I think WWE, the way that they do it is their year isn't January 1 to December 31. Their year is WrestleMania to WrestleMania. And I would dare say coming out of WrestleMania 14, starting that next day going into WrestleMania 15 was my favorite year mm-hmm. of the WWF or E of all time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, yeah. I, you know, I think my, to piggyback off of that, my favorite time was basically from you know, a year after that was 15 to 16, which is basically WrestleMania 2000. Uh, you All know, right. we saw a lot of changes, but I'm sure eventually down the road we'll probably get to that. So we're not going to get to that too much, but.
0: Yeah, no, I, I just think where I would, you know, again. We have our own opinions, right? Where, mm-hmm. where, where I would say is I would definitely put WrestleMania 15 up against WrestleMania 2000. It wasn't mm-hmm. it's the one WrestleMania right, that hasn't really been known as... But I think we can all agree, WrestleMania 2000, there was a transition with creative. I think we're all aware of. Mm-hmm. And I think looking at that, I would. that's what leans me. I, I get your point. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at it, that year was fairly epic. But I think you're comparing... At the end of the day, your premiere there is WrestleMania 2000 versus WrestleMania 15.
1: No, yeah, I agree 100%. But the one thing, and you know the one thing that we can agree on is our wonderful sponsors that we have. Is the wonderful sponsor we have over at Blue Chew. Yes. Guys, remember the days
0: when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners here at revisionist booking visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code wpp just pay five dollars in shipping again that's b l u e 2com promo code wpp to try it free blue Chew is the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the wrestling perspective network
1: there you have it fans and now you know this is what you're all here for is michael's and my revisionist booking cards for wrestlemania 14 so you know michael have at it you know take off uh, with your first match my friend
0: Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate that. Good, sir. So uh, my first match, we're going to actually so we're going to get rid of the tag team battle royal, as I kind of suggested earlier. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to make we're going to have a tag team match here for the world tag team championship it's going to be the champions which were the new age outlaws and they're going to be facing lod 2000 i don't think you need to have a battle royal; i think you can do it right here at mania um but basically what's going to happen is during this match we're going to see triple h in china come out and basically triple h is going to distract uh LOD and we're going to see an advantage and the New Age Outlaws are going to be able to retain their tag team titles. Um, also, kind of after match is going to be a smudge, but China is going to get a hold of Sunny. And unfortunately, I know you all love Sunny, but China is going to absolutely destroy her and really build heat onto China here.
1: I, yeah, I, I, I definitely can see that. Uh, so, you know, you, you're going to throw out you know, that that battle royal for the Tag Team Championship number one contenders. I'm going to still have a number one contenders match, but it's going to be an actual tag team match. It's not going to be a battle royal. It's going to feature the Headbangers taking on the Nation of Domination, D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. You know, th- this is going to be the number one contenders are going to uh, cash in their championship title match the next night at... Uh, Monday Night Raw. You know, nowadays we see a lot of you know the next night after WrestleMania on Raw, you can see a lot of stuff happening. This is where it's going to start. We're going to see the Nation of Domination. These two young bucks in the company, D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry, go over on the Headbangers. You know, Mosh and Thrasher. They're a great tag team. I'll give them that. But they're no match for D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. Mark Henry's going to give Thrasher, the uh, you know, the uh, world's strongest slam. You can see D'Lo Brown give Thrasher the lowdown for the one, two, three. Your number one contenders for the tag team championships, the nation domination, D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. Very interesting. So you're saying they're
0: young bucks, or maybe they're not young bucks, but they can still make money on the independent scene. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Moving on to my second match here, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and, and cut out the um, waste, as I'll so gently call it, and we're gonna have a match between Luna Vachon and Sable. Uh, it's gonna be a straight up head up match. Uh, in Sable's corner will be Mark Romero. Uh the artist known as Goldust. To be quite honest with you, I wrote it down and how I'll book it. It'll just be Goldust. Um, But basically, you're going to see a match between these two, you're going to see, you know, of course, this is going to be kind of your um, pee break match and and, and the like, but you're going to have Sable, so I don't know how many people are really going to be headed to the restrooms here, Um, and you're going to see Sable be able to... uh, get an advantage and she is going to defeat luna Vashon. now what this does is this help solidify sable as an actual woman's wrestler and talent because obviously later on we're going to see the woman's title get reintroduced so sable's going to get a win it's going to be a little bit of a shysty win here but it's going to be a win where sable you know is going to get an advantage and she is going to defeat luna Vashon in the second match
1: Definitely good. Always, always a big fan of Luna Vashon You know, I think she did get her due. Uh, you know, in her career when she was in the company. So, uh, sure. but definitely dig, definitely dig that match. Uh, my next match, I still wanted to see some sort of a light heavyweight championship match. You know, I did have the. You know, I did have it here. Uh, I Taka was taking on. You know, I call him Scotty. Scott Taylor. You can call him Scotty too. hottie. You can call him whatever you want. Uh, but, you know, I still wanted to see some sort of a little different uh, type of wrestling in this match Or in this pay-per-view, this Wrestlemania So I did see Taka go around Scott Taylor But, you know, I did see, you know, a, definitely a good match More than what it actually was on the card You know, we saw Taka hitting the, t- the Mitsunoku driver on Scotty Taylor To actually retain his light heavyweight championship match Like I said before Every great card, whether it be WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, whatever. You need some sort of filler. This is your filler. Takamishinuko going over on Scotty Tuhati. And yes, Takamishinuko is the Big Kahuna. Well, there you go. The Big Kahuna lives.
0: Moving on to my third match here, we have a European Championship match. And what you're going to have here is a situation, another kind of a schmoz-type deal. um, But you're going to have, it's going to be the same match, Owen Hart versus Triple H, Triple H coming in as the champion. Um, And you're going to see a situation where you're going to have LOD2000 kind of get involved, and they're just going to jump Triple H. They're going to make it happen. Uh, It's going to cause a DQ, so Owen Hart's the winner of the match. Um, however, of course, the title cannot change hands. And therefore, still your champion, none other than Triple H. Um, you're going to see Owen kind of get into it with LOD at the end of the match and say, hey, what's going on? You ruined my title opportunity. So this kind of creates some controlled chaos here. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. You know, it is very interesting. You know, a lot of the times, especially on this podcast, We know we've been on it, you know, we haven't been on it too long, but I think we pretty much know each other fairly well. And this is a specific example of why we know each other so well. My next match actually was for the European Championship match. The champion Triple H taking on Double J, Jeff Jarrett. We saw in the pay-per-view that Double J came out with Tennessee Lee cutting a promo with none other than j-e-double-f-j-a-double-r-e-double-t jeff jarrett and cutting a promo before this is going to be his expertise so you're gonna see him cut one scathing promo saying that hey there's nobody in this company that can beat me because i am the best i'm double j and then you hear the game's music, excuse me, Triple H's music playing. And he's going to put his championship against uh, up on the line against Double J. But, however, you're going to see Tennessee Lee make his presence felt, costing Triple H the uh, European championship. And you're a new champion. You're a European champion. Double J, Jeff Jarrett.
0: Moving on to my fourth match, I'm going to have Ken Shamrock, uh, who is going to come into this, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to have Ken Shamrock basically, uh, this is going to be like a, uh, a match here that kind of gets thrown as a roadblock for Ken Shamrock, so he's not going to get a shot at the IC title, uh, but Ken Shamrock instead is going to face off with Kama uh, from the Nation of Domination. And basically we're going to see a similar type finish where Kent Shamrock has it won. Okay, he beat Kama. He's promised a shot at the Intercontinental title. But The Rock's going to come out, cut a promo, and say, oh, The Rock isn't going to give you a title shot. The Rock doesn't need to give you a title shot. Well, this is going to upset Kent Shamrock. A fallen Kama still in the ring. He's going to apply the ankle hold keep going at it and you're going to get a reversal of the decision and your winner winner by disqualification will become comma so kind of a similar type deal and then The Rock's going to say well The Rock thought you had won, thought you had got your title shot acting like he didn't cause Shamrock to kind of snap and basically is going to say well you ended up losing the match, you don't get an inter- a future Intercontinental title shot
1: there, there you have it yeah, yeah definitely get that now, you know, previously we had the ta- I had the taco match, you know, that filler match. I hate saying a filler match and these two teams in the same breath, but at this time, unfortunately, that's what it was. My next match is going to be for the WWF Tag Team Championships, the New Age Outlaws, your champions, taking on LOD 2000. Uh... You know, in their heyday, LOD could go. They can go with the best of them, if not the best. Um, you know, but at this time, their duty in this match was to get over the New Age Outlaws. And they will do thus that in putting over the tag team champions and retaining their championships. The New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn, Road Dogg, you are still tag team champions.
0: There you is. So then my next match here, we're going to have a situation that had already started to happen where it's going to be The Rock versus Farouk for the Intercontinental title. Uh, and basically it's a loser-leaves-the-nation match. You're going to have The Nation kind of around ringside. You're going to have a back-and-forth match. Uh, it's, at some point, Farouk's going to gain advantage. Rock's going to be cowardly. Uh, you're going to see The Rock kind of trying to run away, get away. The Nation's going to stop, stop him. And basically, he's going to look at them, turn back, but then all of a sudden, while Farouk comes out to try and get The Rock outside, all of the nation's going to just jump Farouk. They're going to take him in the ring. This is going to be a no-DQ match. Um, And you're going to see the nation just absolutely destroy Farouk. The Rock is going to get the one, two, three, the rock bottom, and he is going to retain his Intercontinental Titleship and take over as leader. Of the nation
1: of domination. I like that. I really do like that. You know, and we saw that later on too, to a certain extent. You know, The Rock taking Yeah, I over. think that. I think that definitely
0: should have been a WrestleMania
1: moment, to yeah. be quite honest. No, I agree 100. percent You know, and I can't remember when that actually happened though. Was that was that one of the major ones or no?
0: I I'd have to. I, yeah, I'd, I'd have, have to look to... into it. Um, well, matter of fact, I, I do have it in my notes. Um,
1: I want to say it was. I, I want to say it was like a SummerSlam. I think.
0: I believe you're. I believe you're correct. Um, I want to say it was
1: uh, at SummerSlam after this one because this was March. I want to say it was soon after this because I know they played off it fairly well at this pay-per-view or at WrestleMania here, with Farouk making his peer presence felt with uh, during Rock's match.
0: But uh, yeah, I just. Yeah, it may may have happened. I believe it was just like on a future Raw, it looks like, from the sense there was a tag team match with Ken Shamrock and Blackman, Mm -hmm. and The Rock had promised to show Farouk, and it may have even been the next night, to be quite honest with you. Uh, And this was, so to to kind of speak to that, this was kind of the first night where the Raw after WrestleMania became kind of a big thing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. After WrestleMania 14 is when that all kind of started. So there's background there.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. Now... You know, to kind of piggyback off of that, I'm going to actually have my next match going to be a singles match featuring Ken Shamrock taking on Cactus Jack. Yes, the one of the faces of Mick Foley. But we're going to see, you know, at this time, I want to, if I was the booker at this time, I would actually go exactly along this line of getting Ken Shamrock or as much as I can. And the way that I'm going to get him over is basically choking out Cactus Jack. You're going to have Cactus Jack being the guy that you can't beat. The guy that, you know, he's not going to quit for anything. Ken Shamrock is going to choke out and TKO Cactus Jack on basically this match and solidifying Ken Shamrock as the baddest man on the planet better than Mike Tyson have you in defeating Cactus Jack by TKO. Well,
0: that's definitely very interesting, RJ, Uh, and I I could definitely see that. That would be a pretty epic match. Mm. Um, So then moving on to my next match here, Um, we're going to see kind of, uh, we're going to go away from, so I felt like with The Undertaker and Kane at WrestleMania 14, I feel like that was a match that was kind of given to everyone when I feel like. It was, to me, it seemed rushed. So I think it leads to a situation where we could have actually seen that match kind of be pushed down the road and build more heat and more hype for it. So that being said, instead, we're going to go with Kane uh, and The Undertaker. We're going to kind of stop where they united and joined forces right? And we're instead going to see that kind of still be a thing at WrestleMania 14. We'll still get Pete Rose coming out. We'll still get the smudge. We'll still get Kane coming out. And here's an interesting tidbit. If you really, really think about it, right? Think about this situation. This is one of those things I think that you, and I don't think a lot gets brought up about it, but it's definitely a point that could be made. So you had Kane who was a heel, right? Come out after Pete Rose kind of does his deal tearing down Boston. And you have Kane come out and you have Kane destroy, said Pete Rose. But Kane's a heel. So it's an interesting thing. It does speak to The Undertaker and how. This angle kind of continued in the strength of that character and the strength of the performers to be able to kind of move that story along. But to me, why not just have Kane still be a face as he was when he kind of joined forces with The Undertaker? At least for that segment. So, we're going to have Kane versus Cactus Jack. And basically, you're going to get Chainsaw Charlie to come down and try to help his friend out, Cactus Jack. And you're going to get The Undertaker to come out to assist and fight that off. And Kane will be the rightful winner of this match. And you will see Kane defeat none other than Cactus Jack at WrestleMania 14. Huh. And that will lead into my next match, which we'll get to in a moment.
1: Now, how many matches do you have? that? you have eight matches on this card or seven?
0: Eight total matches. We eight have eight total, total matches. Okay. okay.
1: Just want to make sure... However, you know, you know, great minds think alike, my friend, and you and I both have great minds, if I uh, can say so myself. My next match is going to be The Undertaker and Kane, but we're going to see said Chainsaw Charlie come down and interject himself into this match. You know, Terry Funk, mind you, we'll call him Terry Funk for now, because I, I, I like Terry Funk better than Chainsaw Charlie. Uh, Terry Funk, he doesn't like Kane very much. He's going to make himself, make that known during this match. He's going to do everything he can to make sure that Kane doesn't win this match. And he will. There's, that, there's no chance. I want to see down the road. I want to see Kane. I want to see Chainsaw Charlie. I want to see Terry Funk face Kane. And they're going to make this happen by making sure that Kane doesn't win this match. So Undertaker is going to go over on Kane. Thanks to Terry Funk, aka Chainsaw Charlie. There
0: you go. Alright, moving on to my next match. The seventh match of the card here. We're going to have booked here The Undertaker who will be accompanied with, by Paul Bear as well, um, versus Chainsaw Charlie. So we just kind of had the situation going on on this will carry into the next match. So basically we'll have a situation where you have Cactus Jack come out, get involved. So out comes Kane. He's there to support his brother, right? Well, basically... You're going to have the situation where the match is going to happen with The Undertaker and Chainsaw Charlie. You're going to have Cactus Jack come out and try to get involved. That stuff's going to backfire. Trust me, I'm not going to end The Undertaker's streak right here. We are talking about WrestleMania. So Undertaker's going to be able to overcome and win. However, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie are going to be double-teaming The Undertaker. Hit Kane's music, out comes Kane. He's here to support The Undertaker, correct? Kane is out here to turn on his brother. And they will absolutely destroy The Undertaker, and he'll go away. This is the key element. The Undertaker will go away for a while. Then we'll get Kane running rampant post-WrestleMania 14. We're going to build up a proper build. It doesn't have to be all the way to WrestleMania 15, although I kind of like that idea, the way things were kind of more quickly moving here. That We're going to push that down the road. And I think the first match was actually, and, and you even have to push it that far down the road, I believe the following pay-per-view after WrestleMania 14 was unforgiven. Mm-hmm. I could be mistaken. I, th- I think, that, it I think was, you're right. It was. It was unforgiven in your house. Mm-hmm. At that pay-per-view, you had the Inferno match. That would have been a great first match setting to have for the Kane and the Undertaker, and it would have made it so much more. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm in my humble personal opinion, to whereas this is a situation The Undertaker maintains a streak, but Paul Bear and Kane turn on The Undertaker. Interesting.
1: You know, like I, like I said, that's, you know, I always love the long-term booking facts of this, and, you know, and that's why we're doing it this way. You know, the concept of this show, we can book it whatever way we want, and that's, I, I like that way that are doing it. Uh, you know, my next match, my seventh match on the card, uh, you know, I want to give justice to, you know, to the guy that we talked so finely about before, with Owen Hart. Owen Hart is taking on your Intercontinental Champion, The Rock. And you're thinking, okay, you know, Owen Hart, he's been the Intercontinental Champion before. He's going to win it. Uh, not so fast. You know, Owen Hart, you know, he's got a good, uh, You know, head on his shoulders. He's going to outsmart everybody. You, me, little Joey in the front row, you know, big Sal in the back. He's going to, you know, he's going to upset them. He's going to turn on each and every one of them and join the nation of domination. However, we're going to see Farouk trying to change everybody's mind. But we're going to see The Rock, as you mentioned, take over as the leader of the nation domination and recruit Owen Hart, and thus regaining his intercontinental championship against Owen Hart.
0: Very well, well done, if I do say so myself, sir. Good job. So our main event, right? Well, here's the thing. We have our moments where we revise and we rebook and we have our moments where we say, you know what? I'm going to leave well enough alone. And even though some people may be upset, this is WrestleMania 14 after all. One of the most epic WrestleManias and the main event here was staged absolutely perfectly. Mm-hmm. So that being said, keep it short and sweet here on my end. May lose me points with some of our listeners, but i'm not changing stone cold steve austin defeating Shawn michaels to become the new wwf champion i'm not changing a thing about the match none of it i'm keeping it all the same maybe outside of triple h i would say that lod kind of getting into it with triple h we can kind of keep all that stuff in the back and there would be no triple h coming out with Shawn michaels Shawn michaels would kind of be like well i'm here Gonna deal with it myself. He has Mike Tyson after the weight, and that's uh, something I feel like was missed in this situation. You had Mike Tyson, so if you truly believe Mike Tyson was had your back, which obviously was r- the wrong thing, you run a segment, you, or you tell Triple H, look, Mike, Ty- I got Mike Tyson, we're good tonight, and you have that situation, and then you know you can do the whole drop the ball promo the next night, and your buddies, your pals, all that, and. Kind started that with the New Age Outlaws and what you're going to do there with DX. So that being said, kind of take Triple H China outside of the mix here, and you're going to have, that would be about the only thing that i change, and you're still going to have the whole thing where Mike Tyson will count the three count, do the rough bump, mm-hmm. boom, go home, attitude error, full swing. Mm-hmm. Stone cold, stone cold, stone cold.
1: I would, um, uh... I'm going to agree 110% with you. I'll give you an extra 10% on that. Um, I appreciate that, you know, you're welcome. Exactly. You know, we, we learned from, you know, our uh, King of the Ring episode we did with Dennis uh, Dennis Farrell, you know. And, uh, you know, don't mess with perfection. This was perfection. Where it led, what happened, this was, you know, we... Thought, okay, King of the Ring was the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, this was the second coming of the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin. This was his championship run. This is where you saw the beer swilling Stone Cold Steve Austin after this. The only thing that I would want to change of this, I've, anything that we change, I would want to see you know, X Pac, Sean Waltman come back at this time compared to later on. I don't know if it was the Monday night raw after this or if it was after the fact, after this. But, you know, you mentioned New Age Outlaws being involved with Triple H, being involved with Shawn Michaels, starting that D X. Why not Sean Waltman? Or X Pac have you. Um That would have been, he had, in my humble opinion, I know you listen to Xbox One through 360, I do too, he has such a great wrestling mind, why not involve him in this some some sort of way, you know, like I said, if at all, if you want to, you know, take away from this. I don't want to necessarily, but if I were to, that would be the avenue I'd want to go, without a shadow of a doubt, getting him involved in some way. You know, like I said, you know, I know you're a fan of his. I'm a fan of his. Um, you know, and you know, what better way to involve him in some sort of way, getting him that WrestleMania moment?
0: No, oh, absolutely, very, very creative there, sir.
1: You know, and you know, for for what it's worth, being our first, you know, being here on the Wrestling Perspective Network that we are, you know, you can head over to our, uh, you know, our Twitter pages. You can head up, you know, the show's page at Revisionist Book. You can head up Michael Berry Sr. at Michael Berry Sr. And you can even head up me now, personally, on Twitter at KrasinskiRJ. That's K-R-U-S-Z-Y-N-S-K-I-R-J. You know, I talk to you, and I'm like, hey, you know, I need some sort of personal uh, and professional page, you know. And, you know, I have to compete with the Golden Voice as hard as it may be because he is the golden voice and uh i couldn't do it without him and uh you know it what a heck of an episode we have here michael no absolutely i think wrestlemania 14
0: is one of the um it, it's a tough pay-per-view to rebook yeah. um yeah. and i think that that goes without saying so um i dare say we tackled it as best we could um You know, those of you that have, you know, follow us over over here to the Wrestling Perspective Network, thank you for that. Um, We're pretty excited and and really ready for the future and to see what that brings. So, um, you know, as always, the Golden Voice is
1: here. He gave you a golden card, and you are welcome. And lastly, and more importantly, let the revisionist revolution begin.